Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Music Lab Podcast. My name is Mo. And I'm Dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back at it, brother. Back at it. All right. We got a little music history for you today. History. Okay. We're super excited. Yeah. Lots of great stuff going on in November. It was hard to choose... You know, there was a lot more in November than I noticed in than in the past. Like September and October was a little light. light. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like something's gearing up or Mm -hmm. something or something. But I really feel like there's a lot of cool stuff. I'm anxious to hear your dates. Um, So let's just get at it. Let's get at at it. So I think I have the first date here today. Well, so for any for any of you who've not you know uh, seen an episode like this before, we kind of pick five dates in the month of November that are important to both of us um, that for whatever reason are important, whether it's historical, uh, whether Personal. it's a favorite band. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So uh, yeah. just to give you a little context before sure, we sure. jump in. Let's get at it. Go get okay. her, brother. So my first date, Your first date. is November 2nd, mm-hmm. 1920. Ooh, you were going back. Yeah, buddy. I'm <laughs> way back. Ooh. All right. Yeah. KDKA in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, becomes the first commercially uh, commercially licensed radio station mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to make this clear. They were not the first station that went on air. They were just the first one to get the broadcast license. Okay. The W in front of their name, right? Or, well, there the, is or the no W. Letter. Remember, it's K. Oh, yeah. Everything out West is K. And it was weird that Pittsburgh is because everything else around here is W. Yeah. Um, they all, all the radio stations begin with W, but, but KDKA is K and out West, they're all K. Yeah. So I'm not really sure why. I mean, that would be something interesting. If you know, maybe you could comment and let us know. Right. Um, like K-Rock and yeah, KXP. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Gotcha. So anyway, uh, you know, the whole idea here is that this is 1920 that like really radio kind of just went officially online. Mm-hmm. That was only a hundred years ago. When you think about how radio revolutionized how we engage with music. And it was really only a hundred years ago. That's just crazy. I mean, before that time period, if you wanted to listen to music, you had to physically listen to people play. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had records, I guess, yeah. but who had them? Right. Who could afford that? I mean, those giant Victorian, you know. <laughs> they more uh, look like uh, furniture. Than yeah, like and dude, they were cool though. You <laughs> yeah. got to admit. Oh, yeah. But, you know, people really like radio revolutionized things. It brought music more to the mainstream, to the masses. It made it something that was commercial, that people could literally like consume. Yeah. It's it's kind of the same when when the Internet was invented. Like Mm -hmm. it was that same kind of colossal, you know, you know, moment, momentous, you know. uh, Yeah. Well, remember, this is, you know, this is 30 years before TVs became household items too i mean more than 30 years really before they became like normal for people Mm -hmm. so yeah i just thought that was a cool date good stuff you know good way to kick off your uh, music history yeah november November. kdka pittsburgh (laughs) out west too yeah not not east all right so my first date is november 5th 2012 so 10 years ago the apartment building at 1325 commonwealth avenue in Boston, Massachusetts, or Boston, right, Mm -hmm. is given historic landmark status as this plaque reads next to the entrance. It says, 
the five original members of the rock band Aerosmith lived on the second story of this building in the early 1970s. It was here the Bad Boys of Boston began their remarkable career. Moving Out, a track on their self-titled debut album, was written about moving out of this apartment, known for their oversized personalities and combustible stage performances, Aerosmith went on to become one of America's most influential rock and roll bands and achieved international success. Dude, they can you played... imagine being their downstairs neighbor? Oh my god. And so to <laughs> to mark the occasion, they played a free concert in front of the apartment building for like so cool. 5 6000 people. That's know. awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. And I I I'm not I'm not a huge Aerosmith fan. Um, I saw them for their Nine Lives tour back in 96 or 97, whenever that tour was. So good. But, like, you know, I just feel like there's a lot of bands that I kind of connected with more, you know, that, that were from that time frame well, or I that, that you know, era of their. You know, Aeros- what was your take on Aerosmith? Aerosmith yeah. is one of those bands that it's like, well, which version of Aerosmith are you talking about? Are you talking about Aerosmith? Kick butt, 1970s rock band. Are you talking about Aerosmith? Pop rock. The, the the hair band. Yeah. Are you talking about Aerosmith? The late 90s, early 2000s pop band. Yeah. I mean, which Aerosmith are you talking about? Because that, to me, those are three different eras. Those are almost three different bands. Yeah. Fair I enough. mean, even his voice sounds different. Yeah. Fair. You know. I mean, but if you're talking about like Dream On and Sweet Emotion and stuff like that, dude, I'm all about Toys it. Toys in the Attic, right? Yeah, right. dude. Yeah. Toys in the Attic is a great, great, yeah. great album. I actually was in an Aerosmith cover band um, for one gig. I got to play Steven Tyler. That was so, that much, so much fun. Do you remember what you closed with? I have no idea what the set list was. It was, it was, oh, I'm trying to think. 20 was, years ago. No, it was probably 10 years ago. Okay. But dude, it was so fun because we did tons of stuff from Toys in the Attic. Yeah. I mean, just the good 70s rock sure. stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it was good stuff. I, I did great choice. Yeah, that's man, a, that's a cool story. <laughs> so now for something completely different. Yeah, what you got? So I'm going to move to November 11th, ah. 1968. John Lennon. And Yoko Ono released the album Unfinished Music Number One, Two Virgins. The two of them appear on the album cover completely naked. Record store owners that were willing to carry the album often chose to cover it in a brown paper bag rather than to display the couple in all their glory. Mm-hmm. You know, even for John and Yoko, that's a bit much. <laughs> Standing there with your junk out, you know. I don't know about all that. Yeah, maybe just like in in bed, like with a sheet or something over mm. top. Or I, you know, something. I mean, look, it was a different time, and it obviously was. that that it was time, a statement, and they were all about making sure. statements. Right? They, that, I mean, they knew how to make a statement. That's they for sure. And so. what bigger statement and bolder statement than to hi? Show the this world. is me. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. right. Well, I'm not going to talk about naked people on my next one. So (laughs) November 7th, 2015, Arlington, Texas's own Pentatonix becomes the first acapella group 
to achieve a number one album with its self-titled collection of original songs. The group formed in 2011 and won the third season of the NBC show The Sing-Off to kickstart their careers, and your mom has probably told you about them. It's either them or, uh, what's the other group? Straight No Chaser, right? That's, mm. But yeah, uh, I, I was surprised that they were the first acapella group. But then when you think about it, there really has not been that much acapella that's well, ever made the, mainstream. The you know? first acapella group to get a number one record is what it is. Yes, so, I mean, there's There's obviously other. First of all, how is Bobby McFerrin not get a number one record with Don't Worry, Be Happy? I mean, dude, Fair that enough. dude is righteously that talented top 50 but dude time. seriously though have you listened to pentatonics mm-hmm. oh yeah they're outstanding yeah absolutely i mean I, they deserve every accolade that they get when you can have that many voices sound like one you're doing a good yeah. job like that's i mean look there's some modern mixing techniques involved in some sure. of that now but dude it's still pretty impressive yeah, absolutely so good yeah, choice I wanted, man. yeah i wanted to give yeah, them a little, give shout, a little out. shout out particularly heading into the holiday season exactly you can when, get some pentatonics has some super good holiday music oh of course so my third date is november 18th 1985 yes def jam records releases its first album mm. radio by ll cool j The record goes on to become certified platinum and shoots LL Cool J into music stardom. We talk about a home run for your first record. Def Jam Records rocking it out with LL Cool J. Mm. Because you got to figure before that, I mean, who was mainstream radio? Run DMC? Maybe Houdini? But Houdini was sort of like, dude, I mean, I had my Houdini stuff was all on like bootleg tapes. Yeah. I remember when LL Cool, like Mama said, "Knock You Out." Like when that album came out, like it, it, I kind of felt finally like comfortable and okay to like listen, you know, mm. to like that, you know, like which as is, a white guy, you know, yeah. Like, which, which, but uh, see, I, I grew up in a city, yeah, had very diverse but I mean, like, friends for, for like hip hop and like rap, like that for me, like that was he yeah. was one of the first. Well, like, I remember you're like, younger than me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Mama Said Knock You Out was on, I believe, his next album. Radio yeah. was the one that had, like, I Need Love and correct, all that, correct, correct, which correct. is a great song, by yes, the way. Absolutely. A little cheesy, standing the test of time. But back in the day, that was the song, dude. He was like the first That usher. was like the song you put on a <laughs> mixtape for, you know, yeah. your, your fifth grade girlfriend. That's right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You got it. Uh, well, speaking of girlfriends, oh. November 11th, 2008. And I only put this in because... You know, A, she's Taylor Swift. And B, you know, she just released a new album. <clears throat> ten of the tracks are on the top ten. You know, she just announced a stadium tour. You know, it's Taylor Swift. So, but in 2008, 18-year-old Taylor Allison Swift releases her second studio album, Fearless. She writes seven of the 13 songs on the album, and she co-produces the entire album. It has sold 12 million albums, mm. spurred five singles, and it spent 11 weeks on top of the charts. And ironically, she is releasing all of these albums again because she was, you know, out from under her old label and she wants to, you know, have the control of this music. So, 
Very, very interesting. But you know, she is a she. She is such a talent, and and you know you can say this. It's not my style, of course. But in the beginning, her music was really good. Particularly the songs that she wrote were good, and you know it was quality. And I have to say this: I have to thank Taylor Swift because she has, for years, her thing has supplied me with a steady stream of students that want to play and sing just like her and sing her songs. And That's man, great. I got to thank you for that because yeah. it, it really has. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's helped me out quite a bit. So thanks Taylor Swift. And she like grew up 30 minutes from us, yeah. you know, so that's kind of yeah, cool. It's so, cool. Yep. What you got for your next one, my friend? So November 24th, 1991, Freddie Mercury of Queen dies of AIDS related bronchial pneumonia. Now, this happened just one day after announcing that he had AIDS and urging the people of the world to come together to fight this horrible disease. So he comes out with the announcement on November 23rd, and the very next day he's dead. Now, I think most of us knew something was going on. You know, he didn't look well. Um, But, you know, back, back in 1991, AIDS was still this very fearful thing for people. You know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of treatments for it now, uh, but back then there weren't, and so it was a it was a very fearful thing back then, and to watch like a rock icon melt away that way it was really just very sad, especially because Freddie Mercury was just by all accounts just such a good dude, and full of energy too. Yeah, so to see him in that state. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway, there's my. Well, yeah, I had to have I had to throw one sad, you know. Uh, we both date. put it at the same spot. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Our fourth one, November 13th, and I can't believe it's been this long, 2005, ladies and gentlemen. The blues rock band Eagles of Death Metal are in the midst of performing their song, Kiss the Devil, which is an awesome song, by the way, at a sold-out show at Le Bataclan in Paris, France, when the venue is attacked by terrorists armed with automatic rifles grenades, and explosive suicide vests, one of many attacks throughout the city. The band escapes unharmed through a backstage door, but 90 audience members are killed, including the band's merchandise manager, Nick Alexander, who was 36 years old. Wow, that's sad. A documentary about the events was directed by Colin Hanks, Tom's son, and premiered on HBO in 2017. I gotta, I'm, I have to find that. I haven't that. seen that. I didn't I even know that seen, existed. I did not either. Yeah. So I, yeah. Um, just again, anytime you know death and music are involved, whether it's a music festival, whether you know That's it happened so at, at Selena, you know um, Gomez's concert, anything like that. It's just it's supposed to be something that brings people together. An escape, correct? Yeah, yes, that's yes. sad. Yep. So. What you got for your All fifth? All right, so friend. for my... You going to end on a positive note? Oh, yeah, dude, right, when you good. hear what it is. So <laughs> November 29th, 1986. Oh. Yeah, dude. Okay. I am I am just about ready to turn 12 years old. Okay. Bon Jovi's You Give Love a Bad Name goes to number one in the U.S. Yes, it does. Now, this is from their iconic album, Slippery When Wet. 
and it's the group's first number one hit. Now, they had some popular songs before that, you know, She's a Little Runaway from that first album that he, Bon Jovi pretty much did everything on. He like played all the instruments and stuff. It was awesome. It's actually a pretty good album. Um, but dude, I mean, that album has, you know, uh, uh, Living on alive. a Prayer, yeah. Wanted Dead or Alive. I mean, there are so many great yeah. songs on that album. Yeah. So yeah, Bon Jovi is good born stuff. to the masses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> John Bon, owner of sports franchises. Dude, that John Bon Jovi. Dude, what a charmed life that dude's led yeah, from New Jersey. From New the Jersey. The best musician to come out of New Jersey. Yeah. Hmm. I'm making a bold you statement. You heard it first. November 20th. Can't wait to see how many of the boss fans get all over me about <laughs> that. November 20th, 2013, nine years ago, Loretta Lynn is presented the Presidential Medal of Freedom the highest honor for a civilian by President Obama, who said in a speech, her first guitar cost $17. And with it, this coal miner's daughter gave voice to a generation, singing what no one wanted to talk about and saying what no one wanted to think about. Now, over 50 years after she got her first record, and canned her first vegetables, Loretta Lynn still reigns as the rule-breaking, record-setting queen of country music. Well said, my friend. This lady toured for 57 years before she had a stroke in 2017 and then broke her hip in 2018. She just passed away last month. Um, God bless I mean, what else can you say about Loretta Lynn? Dude, yeah. <laughs> I mean, check out her music. She, yeah. It's just, it really is. And, you know, that, that was a very, it was a very appropriate and well said comments by the former president. Mm-hmm. She absolutely was this. I mean, she's like Johnny Cash yes. in terms of like coming from nothing. Yes. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. just, yeah, Heart check it out. Sleeve. Just check yeah, it out, man. Yeah. She's so good. Her voice is so good. Yeah. Yep. And there's a movie. Isn't there a movie, Coal Miner's Daughter, What from like the I, early I, 80s? I think so, yeah. Yeah, there was She's, a movie. I think she was in a couple I of I think, wasn't she? She was actually in the movie, yeah, wasn't I think she? she? Yeah, I think she acted yeah, in the Back then, like, rock stars, like, did movies. Yeah. It was, like, super cool. Yeah, not just Burt yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> dude, don't, don't diss. I know, I know. On the Burt. I know, dude. Don't diss on the Burt. That Bert. was a lot of fun. I, I love doing these music histories. Yeah, music, music history's fun. Yeah. So, you know what? Give us your dates Throw some out at us. Mm-hmm. Help us make corrections. You know, tell us about, you know, some of the things that we asked you about earlier. Yep. Um, give us comments. Tell us some dates that stick out to you. Um, but, yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah. We're going to send you off to our sponsors. But as usual, we would like to offer you peace and one love. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Raw Outfitters, we are an independent, family-owned clothing company for all ages. Check out our inventory of shirts and hoodies at www.rawoutfitters.com and follow our social media pages. Don't just wear Come on over to roosterstone.com where you can book the band for any event you can imagine. 
acoustic, full band, whatever your event may require. You can also email us to take online music lessons at an affordable monthly price. Don't forget to download our original music and like, follow, and subscribe to Rooster Stone across all social media platforms. Keep rocking out at roosterstone.com.